kingdom is spreading, oh, tell ye the story, God's banner exalted shall be. The earth shall be full of his knowledge and glory as waters that cover the sea. Acts chapter 17, today we'll be studying verses 8 through 15. I'll begin reading in verses 5 through 7 for context. Acts 17, beginning in verse 5, But the Jews who were not persuaded, becoming envious, took some of the evil men from the marketplace, and gathering a mob, set all the city in an uproar, and attacked the house of Jason, and sought to bring them out to the people. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Jason has harbored them, and these are all acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying there is another king, Jesus. Now, verse 8, And they troubled the crowd and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. So when they had taken security from Jason and the rest, they let them go. Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. When they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Therefore many of them believed, and also not a few of the Greeks, prominent women as well as men." But when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was preached by Paul at Berea, they came there also and stirred up the crowds. Then, immediately, the brethren sent Paul away to go to the sea, but both Silas and Timothy remained there. So those who conducted Paul brought him to Athens, and receiving a command for Silas and Timothy to come to him with all speed, they departed." In our last study, Paul's and Silas's ministry in Thessalonica, which had some success among the Jews and a great deal of success among the God-fearing Gentiles, was vigorously opposed by the Jews who were not persuaded. The opposition took the form of a riot instigated by evil men who were hired to gather a mob. The goal of the riot was to arrest Paul and Silas and bring them to the magistrates of the city, called the Politarchs, where they could be accused of sedition against Rome. But when they came to the house where the preachers had been lodging, they only found the homeowner, a Christian named Jason, and a few other believers with him. In the place of Paul and Silas, they arrested these men, brought the charges against the preachers in absentia, and accused Jason and his friends of harboring them. Furthermore, they accused all the Christians of acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying there is another king, Jesus. In our last study, we considered the validity of this charge and noted that while it was theologically accurate, it did not imply, as the enemies of the Christians were suggesting, that Christianity was a present threat to the Roman Empire. Yet, if this charge was believed by the Politarchs, it would likely have resulted in a full-scale persecution against the Christians, and perhaps even the banning of Christianity in the community. Continuing now in verse 8. And they troubled the crowd and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. 
This response was only reasonable. Problems like this might have resulted in the aggression of Rome against the city itself. But by the mercies of God, it seems that the Politarchs were not convinced that this situation was as severe as the accusers portrayed. If they had been convinced, the consequences would have been very dire. But verse 9 says, So when they had taken security from Jason and the rest, they let them go. This means that they forced the believers to pay a bond. But it is difficult to know exactly what the expectations of the court were. Some suppose that the bond was conditioned on the Christians ceasing and desisting their evangelistic efforts. Others suppose that they were expected to turn Paul and Silas over for a more intense punishment. Regardless, though they paid the bond, they clearly did not make any compromises regarding the gospel or the safety of their preachers. In fact, verse 10 says, Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. How much time did Paul and Silas spend in Thessalonica before their expulsion? If we had only Luke's record, we might think it was just three weeks, as per Acts 17 and verse 2. But when we add the testimony of Paul himself from the first letter he wrote to the Thessalonian church while he was in Corinth some months later, we discover that Paul must have spent a much longer time in the city, and the three weeks mentioned by Luke must have merely recounted the time he was ministering primarily to Jews in the synagogue. In 1 Thessalonians 2 and 9, Paul writes, For you remember, brethren, our labor and toil, for laboring night and day, that we might not be a burden to any of you, we preach to you the gospel of God. And in Philippians chapter 4, verses 15 and 16, Paul states that more than once the church in Philippi sent support money to Paul while he was laboring in Thessalonica. The distance between those two cities was 100 miles. Furthermore, in 1 Thessalonians 2, 8-12, Paul describes a complex ministerial effort which they put forward to encourage and train the new converts in the faith of Christ, while at the same time becoming very affectionately attached to them in the process. All of that supports a time frame of several months. Some scholars suggest between three and six for the whole Thessalonian work. All the same, Paul describes their being forced to leave as them being torn away from the brethren much prematurely to what Paul would have preferred. Roland Allen, an Anglican missionary and Bible scholar in the late 19th and early 20th century, noted that Paul often had to leave his infant congregations in the care of the Holy Spirit. Of course, in the primitive churches, this would mean equipping certain saints with the miraculous gifts of the Spirit, as the Spirit willed and directed. But more generally and more lastingly, Paul establishes here a pattern of trust in God's providence to act as the chief shepherd and the great evangelist who will always make a way and find and equip servants by which to accomplish his work, no matter what happens to those who begin it. Berea was 50 miles to the southwest of Thessalonica. They would have traveled through the night along the Ignatian Way, and about daylight they would turn off to follow a southern road to Berea. Today, the term Berean has received a colloquial meaning among Christians to speak of honest and diligent Bible students. 
and this usage of the term arises from the people who Paul and Silas encountered in the synagogue here. Verse 10 continues, When they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. As usual, opposition did not deter Paul and Silas from laboring for Christ, and they continued to employ the same method of reaching out to the Jews first. These, that is, the Jews in the Berean synagogue, were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures. Here is another witness to the existence of a recognized collection of Jewish texts called the scriptures that existed at that time. They searched the scriptures daily, Luke says, to find whether these things were so. Thus we see why the Bereans have received such acclaim and have even become archetypes of good Bible students. Luke calls them fair-minded, using a word which normally related to the high-born aristocratic class, but in this case was appropriated to speak of their character. There were three components to their character and lifestyles that suited them to receive the truth. They had open hearts, in that they received the word with all readiness or eagerness. They had open Bibles, in that they searched the scriptures to find out whether these things were so. And they had open schedules, in that they did this daily. Open hearts, open Bibles, and open schedules are essential and intentional. They cannot be given by another. They must be determined from within ourselves. These are the qualities that make hearts good ground for the seed of the kingdom to take root and to bear fruit. It is noteworthy that the faithful and fair-minded Jews of the first century felt the need to validate the words of miracle-working prophets by the testimony of Scripture. Scripture was the authority, and evidently the sole authority, to which they looked to determine whether these things, that is, the things Paul and Silas preached about Jesus, were so. Verse 12, Therefore many of them believed, and also not a few of the Greeks, prominent women as well as men. Here again, Luke uses elidites, not a few, to indicate a large number of conversions from the Gentile population. And once again, Luke highlights the faith of the women in the community, but evidently in Berea a significant number of prominent or influential men turned to Jesus as well. Berea had been an important city in the past, the capital of one of the four districts of Macedonia. But the Lord does not see as man sees. The wisdom of man is foolishness with God. The riches and accomplishments of man are all vanity, fleeting, passing, and thus in a life lived without consideration of God, meaningless. Faith, hope, and love, however, abide and draw the favor of God. Thus Berea, by the exceptional faith of its citizens, became an outstanding monument of virtue on the landscape of history. But, verse 13 continues, the happy situation was short-lived. When the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was preached by Paul at Berea, they came there also and stirred up the crowds. Just as the unbelieving Jews in Pisidian Antioch had chased Paul and Barnabas across Asia Minor, these are chasing him and Silas across Greece. There is no end to which sectarianism will not go to resist opposition to its principles, because 
its principles are the very basis by which it exists. The same kind of tenacity seen in this history has been repeated many times by Christian sectarians against those who are trying to reason and study with any from their group. I would suggest it is one of the marks of a false religious system when its leaders fear reasoned discussion among the membership. I remember often hearing warnings as a young man that a certain person or group would study themselves out of the church. Time generally showed that was simply an inflammatory, provocative, and inaccurate statement. But if it were true that an institution could only survive through the ignorance of its membership, then that institution would manifestly not be the Church of Jesus Christ. The Church of Jesus Christ is built on truth and does not fear reasoned evaluation or examination of Scripture. Instead, it invites it to find out whether the things it claims and teaches are so. That is one of the qualities of apostolic Christianity. Luke does not tell us the precise nature of the stirring up that the Jews were able to accomplish in Berea, but evidently it was concerning enough that those who were now Christians in the city felt that Paul's life might be in danger. Verse 14, Then immediately the brethren sent Paul away to go to the sea. There are manuscript differences here. Some suggest that the brethren started on a journey to a seaport and then turned off course secretly to throw the pursuing Jews off of Paul's trail. Others suggest that Paul did, in fact, take a ship to his next destination, in which case the vague statement to go to the sea might simply mean that they left in such a hurried way because of the danger that they did not know where they were going to go after reaching the port. But, verse 14 continues, both Silas and Timothy remained there in Berea. We had not heard that Timothy was with Paul and Silas in Berea. Luke indicated that he stayed behind with him in Philippi to work with that new congregation in Acts 16.40. As we've already mentioned, Paul says in Philippians 4.15 and 16 that the church in Philippi sent support money to him and Silas while they were in Thessalonica, and it's very likely that this support was sent by the hand of Timothy. Perhaps he had come again and had learned this time that Paul and Silas had moved on to Berea and thus joined them sometime before the Jews arrived. In fact, it's possible that the Jews followed Timothy there. Sometimes the wind upon which good news travels blows up the dusts of opposition as well. However it was that Timothy had reached Berea, he would now be able to assist Silas in establishing and setting in order the congregation there in Paul's absence. Likely the Berean ministry was shorter than the Thessalonian, and it's possible that Paul had not had the opportunity to distribute as many spiritual gifts among them. Thus the presence of the two evangelists would have been very beneficial. Verse 15, So those who conducted Paul, these are unnamed brethren from Berea, but they loved Paul and put themselves at risk to get him to safety. They brought him to Athens, and receiving a command for Silas and Timothy to come to him with all speed, they departed. Coming with all speed simply meant as soon as possible, all things considered. And these considerations would have included the good of the Berean church. Thus, Paul was left, as he would later write in 1 Thessalonians 3.1, in Athens alone. And we will consider his time there in our next study. Thanks for listening to Verse by Verse.
I'm Clinton DeFrance. I'm a Christian Bible student and evangelist from Tulsa, Oklahoma. And this podcast is made available by the Congregation of Christians, of which I am a member in East Tulsa. Please come meet us if you have the chance. You can learn more about us at our website, tulsachurchofchrist.com. Our music is from Andrew Martin, a very talented Christian brother in the Dallas-Fort Worth area of Texas. You can check out his SoundCloud for more beautiful and uplifting productions from him. For news, articles, previous episodes, or to request a Bible study or a lecture series with me, visit vbvpodcast.com. Please subscribe to the podcast and give us a good review if you enjoy the studies. God bless and have a great week. From all the dark places of earth, heathen races, oh, see how the thick shadows fly. The voice of salvation awakes every nation, come over and help us, they cry. The kingdom is spreading, oh, tell ye the story, God's better exalted shall be. The earth shall be full of his knowledge and glory as waters that cover the sea. With praising and singing and jubilant ringing, their arms of rebellion cast down. At last every nation, the Lord of salvation, with glory their effort shall crown. The kingdom is spreading, oh, tell ye the story, God's banner exalted shall be. The earth shall be full of his knowledge and glory as waters that cover the sea.